Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. We've got a lot to talk about today. You know, we have the 13-6 loss to the Texans, but as you know, the outrage and kind of you know, really what everybody's upset about, I mean, everybody's talking about it, is that free refills on soda is gone. There's actually signage all throughout the stadium that says you will be ejected if you do not pay for a refill now. What do you guys think? Bro, that's wild because the AMC, you can get free refills at the AMC on ICs. Yeah. On ICs, bro. They're giving out ICs. <laughs> I can go to AMC right now and get white cherry, um, white cherry, blue raspberry, fill it all the way to the top as much as I can drink. But the Jags are like mm-hmm. no Coke. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, shoe carnival struggling. Oh, wait, it's Shad Khan now, not Wayne Weaver. So, yeah, it's a joke, actually. Bumper's about to be falling off cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, and I, tweeted, I tweeted that there's, there's some people that replied to that picture. It was like there's so much commotion around the machines that you can really kind of get in there and nobody could, could know the difference. Don't do that. I don't, we don't endorse that. Uh, Dog, but they really don't have a way getting, to police it. Imagine getting kicked out of the game for stealing a soda. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Ejection. There's worse. I see people get like vape things taken from them, but they still get to stay. But if I fill up extra Diet Coke, I get kicked out, you know? Just take it away from me. Anyway. Look, look the, the, the team should be ejected for that performance, <laughs> especially the, the offensive side of the ball. Um, free sodas. Come, shot, come on, really? Come on, man. Yeah. Like free, free soda? Yeah. Like, come on. Give us a refill on some wins. That's what we want. <laughs> Give me a, re- a refill on some wins. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Fine. Give them the real stuff and then have the refill machines be check sodas, okay? Do something. Like, uh, yeah. I don't there know. you go. I would <laughs> yeah. take that. Check yeah, yeah, like yeah, Walmart that. brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Win Dixie brand. Yeah, some check sodas. Something. Give us some Dr. Thunder and get a yeah, refill. Yeah, Dr. Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, I'm good with that. You know, yeah. just something. I mean, if the Coke sponsorship's not working out, then yeah, let's do Doctor Thunder. I'm fine, bro. You were so hyped please. up about the you were so hyped up about the the Coke sponsorship, and now you know you kept bragging about it. That's what happened. You kept bragging about it, and look what happened. Yeah, that's true. They're but, listening, man. Yeah, they, apparently, yeah, that's that's right. Actually, they're listening. The Jaguars management is listening to this podcast for sure. Um, in Shot Con. But, uh, yeah, so 13-6 loss. Obviously, the Coke thing is not the major thing. Uh, the fact that we had to sit through the scorching, horrific heat that gave me one of the worst sunburns ever in the stadium to watch us just completely fall <laughs> far from the predictions that we made on the last podcast. So, Derek, Derek I'll start with you. Gotta you got to pull out. You got to pull out your farmer's almanac and see uh, what the high was <laughs> for, uh, for October because that, that crap felt like it was in September. Oh yeah, never ending heat, never ending sun, just bl- just like stuck on you the entire game. Felt like I was under a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That is terrible. Oh, um, Derek, how far is that off from your prediction from the last uh, episode? Is that oh, uh, it was pretty, way pretty brutal? <laughs> it was way off. Now we know why. We know why. Um, the whole 
the entire fan base, the media, knows why they they did poorly. But man, I thought it'd be like, you know, yeah, they put up at least four or five touchdowns. Yeah, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even get two one touchdown. So, well, man, let's talk about bad. the let's talk about the why. And JK three, I'll let you start because the biggest why that I've heard over the past week and even at the game, some some uh, spattering of booze was the quarterback position. So tell me uh, your thoughts around Trevor and how much he's contributing to this, the, the recent uh, downturn in the season. And then, Derek, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a downturn yet. They're, what, two and two still? Three, two and three, excuse me. Two and three right now. So – the optimistic Jags fan in me still thinks that, you know, somehow this is salvageable. But the last two weeks, the common denominator in all of our losses has been Trevor Lawrence. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, you had five turnovers, or you know, against the Eagles. Perfect weather, perfect situational football for you. It was no precipitation at all. You had... The worst team coming in into the NFL, or the worst team in the NFL on Sunday, home field advantage, retiring Tony Baselli's jersey. Everything's going great for you. And it's overthrow. It's overthrow. And it's not, and and every throw wasn't an overthrow, but when it mattered, he did not deliver. That's my issue. When it matters, when you got to go get points, when you got to get a first down, when you got to do something, all the crap. That happens in between the sticks and everything else like that. The 422 passing yards, or excuse me, the, the 286 passing yards, um, you know, the the you know the sacks, the zero sacks allowed, the, the great looking balls that he throws and everything else like that, that does not matter until the end and the clock hits zero. What matters at the end of the clock hits zero is a scoreboard. And that's what Houston put up. And when it mattered the most, when we needed him, he yet again let us down. Generational needs to be removed from his name. He's not a gamer. I'm upset with his performance, period. See, people, he lying, okay? He, he, he is fibbing. What I tell a lie? What lie did I, I tell? I'll tell you right. Because you're not angry enough here as you probably were marching back to your truck on Sunday. Oh. I mean, I, I, could, no, that's I, I, I was I was replaying it to the people I was around uh, watching the game because I just said, man, he packs all that stuff up every Sunday morning, excited to see his team. And he's probably walking back to his truck mad as all get out because <laughs> <laughs> he's got to pack all that stuff up. What, what, helps, look it back. To, to, what helps alleviate that, what helps alleviate that is me sitting in lot E, letting the traffic die down, and me, you know, I, I I make a little bit of food extra for the tailgate. So a nice burger, you know, and you know maybe a happy dad. I, we got to stop mentioning them because they're not paying us either. But <laughs> we got a nice drink after in the parking lot. You know, I, I get calmed down. What what when I wake up on Monday morning and I rewatch the all twenty two film, that's when I get pissed again, and I'm a glutton for punishment. I do it to myself. But yes, man, no, it's, I'm upset, dude. That, that was, that was crappy. That was so terrible. Yep. yep. But all right, here, here's the deal, man. Here, here's what it is. Okay. We, we going to get technical here because it calls for it. 
All right, Lovey Smith. This man's 64 years old, okay? Coach with the Bears, Bucks, assistant coach. He didn't just coach under Tony Dungy. He helped build the, what they ran on Sunday, okay? He was an architect of the Tampa 2. Cover 2, whatever you want to call it, zone, middle linebacker, drop back. Trevor kept trying over and over again to run a smash route, to run a gap route, to throw it up the seam. He kept throwing it high. He kept doing it. Then he tried again, and he couldn't get it. The reason why is because their defense kept dropping back. Peterson didn't help, although running backs did have 25 touches total game as far as their run runs and passes caught. But Trevor didn't take what the defense was giving him. I said it last week. I said it before around was the first game of the season. When I got called out for saying that four or five games wasn't, you know, that's too much, you're crazy. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm not going to apologize, okay? And here's why. Because he's also 23 years old, and he went up against a guy who, yeah, he doesn't have a great win-loss record as a head coach, but he's been doing it for 40-plus years, okay? And he knew... That was something that we didn't think to, that he's not going to settle for five or six yards a pop. He's going to want to take the big shots. And the Texans, you saw they didn't move out of that too deep all game. They were two deep safeties the entire time. And they were just, we'll give you four, we'll give you five, but we are not giving you 20. We do not care. So you give the four and the five up and eventually you march down the field. You yeah, I know. Possession, you keep taking. I know. Yeah. For example, okay, we were all watching the Jags game. Of course, we were not watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we know an ex-Jag on that team, Leonard Fournette. You know Leonard Fournette had 10 catches last weekend? Would you like to know why he had 10 catches last week? Oh, and the Bucks won. It's because Tom Brady, they played his own. They wouldn't get out of it. So Tom, was like, Tom Brady was like, fine. I'm just going to give it to Leonard Fournette, and I'm going to keep doing it, and keep doing it, and I'm going to do it some more until you get out of that stinking zone and move those safeties and those linebackers up. And then, started the fourth quarter, look what happened. They moved up. And he went right to work on them. So, that is the problem, okay? I said it after week one. I said it last week. Trevor presses. He gets in his head. He tries too hard. He doesn't take what the defense gives him. Whatever, however you want to spin it, that is the problem. Doug Peterson does not help him by calling more plays to help calm him down. Or just flat out tell him, get out of your head, quit throwing the ball, to give it to ETN, call a little five-yard dump pass. ETN should have had like 12 catches that game. That middle part of the field right there in the first five yards was wide open. And you never know. He could have popped that. With him being on yeah. the linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Would have been easy work. Easy work for him. You saw what he did when he got the ball. Easy work. I'm, I'm even for putting both of them at the, in, in the game at this point. Him and James Robinson. Both of them in the game. At the same stinking time. All right? You can put line one. You know, put get in the gun. Get in a little, you know... Do a little pistol action, have one in the slot, and just get something creative. 
just to get four or five yards and just keep doing it until they adjust. And for whatever reason, I thought Doug Peterson, and I still do, is a smarter coach than that, and he would do things to get defenses out of their comfort zone, but he refused to do anything different, refused to call anything different, and it cost him. It cost him. It cost him big time. It really did because now it costs more than just a loss. It costs divisional spot right now, um, and it costs us being the same old Jags. And I think that's the thing that, you know, no matter what, no matter who this team, you know, the quarterback is, no matter who the head coach is or anything else like that, they still do things like this to prove to me that they're still the same old Jags. They really do. The great teams, the great teams, again, find, they don't just go out and find ways to beat the bad teams. They go out and dismantle the bad teams. They go out and destroy the bad teams. They go out and demoralize the bad teams. That's what happens. That's what the great teams do. The great teams, they set precedents, they set records, and they or excuse me, they set the they set the tone for the rest of the season. You going out and hanging up six against the worst team in the league makes no sense yeah. at all. And and part of me, and as far as what I'm saying is with him being a gamer, is him taking the, what the defense is giving him, understanding the check down routes, being patient, you know. Calling audibles saying, you know, this is what I'm seeing on the field right now. I don't care if Doug wants to throw this ball 50, 50 times a game. If I see and if I'm doing best athlete on their athlete and I see ETN is in the backfield lined up against the linebacker, I'm flaring you all day. I'm making you pay for the flare. Stop it. And then we get in the end zone, we get in the red zone, and then, you know, we'll figure it out from there. You know, we'll run a sneak, we'll bring in J Rob or anything else we need to do. But the fact that they're just trying to force things right now is just it, it's insane and the way that he played on Sunday he has in Trevor Lawrence reminded me of some of the games that are some of the days that he had in training camp there were some days in training camp where he's just overthrowing wide open people there are some days in training camp where it's like first throw great throw second throw overthrow 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 pick another great throw it's like okay so he keeps doing things to bring you back in and a great look off but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. Like you can you can get all the way down the field and build these stats and everything else like that. But if you can't punch the ball in the end zone, or when you do start making a drive, the drive not to go on, on a rant or anything, but the drive coming out of the second quarter or the second half. Drove all the way down the field. Fantastic drive. I mean, great play call, great runs, great play call all the way down. Get to the 12, what was that? 16 yard line. He's rolling out to the right. He can either take it in. Throw it away. It's second and one. What does he do? He throws it to a wide open Derek Stingley who he throws it to the corner. And that guy, Derek Stingley, has had the most like yards caught on him all year. It's like those kind of frustrating things like that is just what makes you upset. It makes you just like, bro, this is the same old Jacks team. And like he could have either thrown it away second and one. He could have ran it for a first down. Um, He could have hit. Two of the three wide open receivers at that point. And it, it's like, why did you even, what did you see that, like, I'm sitting in 204, and I know that you shouldn't have thrown that. Well, I'll tell you what he what he saw. Um, well, not just what he saw, but this is how well prepared Houston was. Okay. On that play, you can replay it, you know, to your heart's content. Do you notice that when Stingley steps up, when Trevor rolls out, Stingley stops 
he turns around, locates the dragging wide receiver, and then steps back and starts retreating. Okay, in your right mind and your natural instincts of playing football or any kind of sport where you have to run and tackle the ball carrier, if you see someone taking off with the ball, your first your first, you know, thought is, hey, I need to go get him before he gets to the end zone. He retreated because he knew. He knew Trevor Lawrence was going to try to throw that. And where that comes from is coaching and film work. They were well prepared. He was well prepared for that. He didn't do it because he just got lucky. He did it because he knew. And the way you could tell is when he turned around How many people do you know turn around and locate a receiver and then retreat that deep in their own territory? Think about that. We can watch the tape, too. He did it clear as day. I saw it like when when we we were watching the game at the house. He, he, He did it, no problem. Turned right around, all in one motion, and then turned back around and retreated, and then caught the ball. That that's that's coaching. And so now Peterson and the company have to figure out how to break those habits and get in his head and find out, look, dude, it's on film. Defenses know. We have to change things up. Can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. That that play right there stuck out, not because he threw a pick. It was just because how the defense reacted for him to throw the pick. That means words out. This next game coming up, uh, and and we haven't even talked about the defense yet, but I I think they played outstanding. Um, But this next game coming up, I think this could be different. (laughs) This could be a lot different if they don't change things. Really quick on Trevor, is it a situation that you guys see at this point that's fixable, or are we kind of, uh, I think JK3, you had mentioned the generational needs to be removed from his name comment. Uh, Maybe elaborate on that a little bit. Are we kind of seeing his ceiling at this point, or do you think it's sort of a a situation that can be fixed? I think it's it's two, two, two factors. One, he hasn't shown... Okay, I'm going to put this in the perspective of Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, nowhere near as talented as as Trevor Lawrence, right? Nowhere near as talented as far as like arm arm talent, the look, you know, the the ability, like the college record, everything else like that. But Minshew willed this team to, to, to a couple victories to the point to where he was hurt, and they kept him on the bench because they knew that his heart, and they knew that he was a gamer, and they knew that he could actually make these things happen. I don't see when the game is on the line right now, the 16 can't do it. He hasn't shown it. I, I, I just I, He hasn't shown it. The defense has put him in opportunities. Washington had an opportunity with plenty of time left. Philly. He had, regardless of however many turnovers he had in Philly, he still had an opportunity to make something happen. And it's just not there. Houston had something, had plenty of opportunities to make something happen. It's, it's, it, I, I mean, I, I, he's, he's not a gamer, man. Like he's got all the talent. He's probably the, the most talented quarterback that we, we have had. And I asked someone the other day, big Jaguars fan. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, 
or Mark Brunel? Who are you taking? Brunel is a gamer. May not have the best arm. May not have had, you know, the 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 prototypical build of, of what a quote-unquote generational quarterback is. He's a gamer. And I don't think Trevor is out there calling himself a generational player and everything else like that. And I think people are putting that, you know, out there onto him. But as far as him being like a general, Lamar Jackson is a generational player. Lamar Jackson can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's got the heart. He can do. And that that's what a generational player is. You know, someone that comes in and actually changes the game uh, and changes, you know, what you have to scheme around as far as football, you know, and, and goes like that. I think another piece of it is that this fan base is so deprived of winning is that when we get any type of inkling of someone that looks different than what we've ever had here in Jacksonville, we automatically want him to be instantly great. We automatically want him to go in and throw those passes. We automatically want him to to, to come with the experience and the skill set. I mean, I understand he's only, what, 23, Derek? Right, yep. 23, 40, 24? Okay, I, I get that. 23. You know, 23 years old. And it, it sucks for him to have the weight of the shoulder and the weight of a city on his on, on his shoulders right now. But you got to play better. You got to play better in the situations when it counts. You got to play yeah. better when the, when the game's on the line. The game's on the line. Anybody that's ever played sports or anything else like that, you either, you, you know, excuse my language, you either put up or you're not up. A lot of nothing up in the last couple games. And when he goes to this podium, it's I should have played better. I should have did this. I should have did that. Yeah, we can't have this. Yeah, we can't have that. That crap gets old. It's already old in this week five. Going into week six. You know what's crazy? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. If you like do the math on averaging out his stats. He's still on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. Hmm. How many games are we on pace to win? That, but see, that's the biggest. And, and that's what, when, when this season's all said and done, regardless of how it shakes out, if he shapes up or if we end up, you know, bombing, what's going to get looked at? The personal accolades or the ultimate stat? The win column. I mean, I don't know, actually. You know, the NFL right now is kind of turning into an individual, like, accoladed type of, you know, position because they'll take what he's done as far as his, his his accolades and say, oh, if he would have been this, if he would have been that. And, you know, of course, fantasy is king right now and everything. So to the outside looking in, like, some people would say that, oh, I would be happy if he, would you say, well, what was he on pace for? Over 4,100 yards and 27 touchdowns. Okay, so people will say that, all right, well, I'd rather take that, you know, over over Geno Smith's not averaging that right now. Geno Smith's not winning. Mm-hmm. I would take the watered-down stats and the not-so-much-jumping-off-of-the-stat-sheets the, the and everything else like that for the, for the Ws. What do you think got what do you think got Minshew Mania so hyped up here in Jacksonville? It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the play on the it wasn't the stat sheet. It was the, the play during the game. What why do you think people like Bortles so much? 
wasn't the stat sheet. The guy throws a pick every game. It was the heart. It was him trying off the field stuff and everything else like that was great. But people, I mean, more more relatively, the Minshew factor, because Minshew was the last starting quarterback that we had here consistently. The Minshew factor was the moxie, him running out, him scoring, him making things happen. Him Here's willing the, cr- the team to a victory. Here's the That's craziest what it part, is. too. Because you can tell we're, we're one, you know how the, the old saying, we're one player away, one position away. Um, and you could talk about the him not reading zones and not taking what the defense gives them. We could talk about their struggles in the red zone and how, oh, we're going to correct them because it's the red zone. Read something off to you that I don't think has been read off uh, across anything I haven't heard this week or last week. The Jags are number one in points four in their division. They're also number one in points against. Hmm. So we're number one in both categories. And we sit Getting in third scored place. Scored on and scoring. Yeah. Well, no, no, not no, 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 no. Like we've given up the least amount of points and have scored the most amount of points. Oh, okay. And we're sitting in third place with a loss to the last place team. So that's a good that's a good pivot point, actually, Derek. What about Doug Peterson? Because one of the things I kept seeing on Twitter from Philadelphia fans is, uh, see, this is like what we tried to warn you guys of in the offseason, you know, goes away from the run game, his play calling, like how he manages the games are not great. Like how much of this is on him? Dougie P, Dougie Fresh, Doug, Douglas, I don't know. Run the football. He's not going to run the football, bro. You, then we, we're doomed. He's not going to run the football. <laughs> we're doomed. We're doomed. We're doomed. All right, everybody. We're doomed. So we'll talk to you next time. He, he's not. <laughs> he's not going to run the football. He's not. We're doomed. He stood, up there at the, he stood up there at the press conference and said that, like, you know, he, he basically said, yeah, I know how much. I, I know ETN went 10 for I know ETN. He, ba- he didn't say this verbatim. So don't quote me on him, him saying this verbatim, but he basically said that he acknowledged that Trevor Lawrence, or excuse me, that Travis Etienne uh, had 71 on the ground, then also hinted at Marvin Jones's stats. What's that? Marvin, mean? Marvin, Marvin went over 100. Marvin Jones went over 100 yards on, on Sunday. No one's talking about that. I no one's talking about that. <laughs> yeah, Marvin Jones went over 100 yards, and no one's talking about that. The most effective thing, you can go over 100. That's just like Damian Pierce went over 100, you know, but it, it mattered when it counted, it, it, or it counted when it mattered. I'm telling you, man. Like, he's stubborn. He's not going to go away. He's got to run the football. you got two bell cow running backs. You have two explosive running backs out there. You've got one guy who is I, – I don't understand why they're not giving James Robinson the ball. I, I personally, deep down, I think they're saving the tread on him to trade him. I really think that. I really think they're going to trade him. That's a big – that's a, that's a, that's a big uh, – that's a big thought. But I, I, I really we'll think so, dude. Think about it, bro. He's coming back from his Achilles. He's – Showing that, you know, he's putting enough tape out there that he's still got it, that he's not completely, you know, ruined from that from that Achilles. 
He's showing that he's still got it. But then he goes out and only gets 10 carries last, la- last game. Versus what they newly have right now with ETN, he's out there getting the, the carries. And they're two different type of backs. But I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're saving the trade for James Robinson to use him as trade bait. He's in his, what, fourth year? Or he's in a contract year right now, I believe. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, um, he's in a contract year. He's in a contract year right now. They're going to have to, they, they, they're not going to use a fifth-year option on, a, on an undrafted free agent. Yeah, it's, he, he's got a, Corey, we, we talk about, you know, we mentioned earlier, changing things up. That's where it starts at. You've got to change things up. What, do you, what you're doing is, isn't working because your quarterback is clearly in his head. The way coaches help their QBs, they help them out with play calling. All right, he's thinking too much. Let's calm him down. Let's get him some short, good passes. Let's not let him think. That's another thing, too. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is that great against the Blitz, and that means he's thinking he's making decisions and playing football versus when he's sitting back there having to think, okay, then he doesn't need to be taking five or seven step drops. Three steps, get rid of the football. Little short, quick throws to the running backs or hand it off or something. Um, that's what needs to change. If they don't change it, then like I said, we're doomed. We're, we're, we're going to lose games that we shouldn't lose, which these next three, and the, we should not lose. We should not lose to a banged up Indianapolis team. We definitely, definitely should not lose to the new uh, Hollywood Broncos. And I say they're Hollywood because that's what uh, um, Russell Wilson has turned into. That's why, you know, between that and the lat injury, um, we definitely shouldn't lose those two. And um, I think that they have to really sit back and think about what it's going to look like for them, especially after those three games. And then you, you go to well, you got the you got the Giants in between the Broncos and the Colts. Giants are what four and one, five and one ball club, right? Four four and one. But all that, all that, that doesn't matter until they execute when it counts. Yeah. If they continue not executing when it counts, then the object of uh, you know the object of football is to score, or any competitive thing is to score more points than the other person. Score mm-hmm. more points than the other team. The red zone, they were 0 for 3 in the red zone. Think about it. 0 for 3. If they go 3 for 3, they win. If they go 3 for 3 and everything still stays the same with Houston, they win this game 21-13. We're talking. And then it's the narrative is changing to like, okay, well, at least they still beat the Texans, but it was a sloppier win. We got to clean it up for everything going forward, going here. Now, them going 0 for 3 and leading in every other statistical category and it doesn't matter. They they had more rushing yards than than, than Houston. They the defense had more sacks. Um, Houston had obviously more interceptions between the hail mary throw, which no one's talking about. How his arm like looked like a wet noodle. He did. He made it to the fifteen yard line, which was nope. But we'll we'll leave that to to, to talk. Passing yards, two hundred eighty six passing yards. Yards per play, five point eight against Houston's four point four. Total yards, 422 total yards. That's the most they've ever put up in a loss. 422 yards. They've ran more plays. They had 73 more plays. 0 for 4, 0 for, 0 for 3 on fourth down efficiency. I don't know if all four of those fourth downs were in the red zone or not. So you, you have to double check me on that. But uh, I will have to double check on that. 
22 first downs. If you look at this on paper and look and, and cover up the end score, you think one team wins versus another team. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we could read off, you know, all those stats all day. But you're right um, when it counts. The red zone is, is very interesting to me. Um, why they're not succeeding with the versatility they have on offense, especially with the running back position. Because as windows get tighter, I mean, yeah, Marvin Jones is a, a big wide receiver, but he's not known as a big vertical wide receiver, um, a big, you know, red zone threat. You figured they'd get a little bit creative with the backs that they have to be able to punch the ball into the red zone. I would almost rather them run a read option with him, with with Trevor and, and ETN, just like the old days at Clemson. You know, um, keep it simple. Just run a read option. Read the defensive end. Read the outside backer. Read the safety that drops down the box. Who knows? Whoever it is in that position. If he, he doesn't, simple if he would doesn't, be taking the check down. Yeah, that too. We don't Take do the that. Check down, bro. So. But yeah, that's that, that to me. You know, I've been, I've, we've recorded five, six episodes since season starts, and on three of them, I've said he's pressing, and I'm still going to continue to say that he's pressing. He can read a defense. Yeah, he can definitely do it. He's just trying to fit balls into windows that you just don't need to. And with those high throws that he was making last week, I said it in the first quarter. I was like, he's going to throw a pick if he keeps throwing high. It's, it's inevitable. It, 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 it always happens when, when a QB starts throwing high, you know the pick's coming. And so he's got to get out of his head, and Doug Peterson needs to help him get out of his head. You know, just because you got this, you know, shiny toy, you know, 47 throws, that's 17 more than the 30 that I always say. That was actually one of the things you specifically mentioned. The last episode was to keep him. I think you said twenty five is what you were saying. That you should shoot for twenty twenty five. Look, hit, give Robinson and Etn twenty carries a game. I think this group would be. I think. I think they'd be five enough. One play I'd like to hear you guys uh, hit on uh, JK three, and, and this one was pretty critical and was hugely demoralizing in the stadium. I remember was the uh, Trayvon Walker penalty. Um, you know, is that just a you know young guy just kind of making a rookie mistake type deal? Or does that come back to coaching again? Because that was pretty brutal. Rookie, rookie mistake, man. Frustration, rookie mistake. Um, you know, the reason, and that was another play. I feel, I feel like this game, Came down to you know several plays that at, like immediately affected to them losing. That was one of the seven. You know what I mean? Uh, that play, the interception, um, you know, a couple fourth, the fourth and one, multiple fourth and ones where they didn't like just sneak Trevor, just line him up. He's like six, whatever. Just lean him over the line. You know what I mean? And, and, and get it. But uh, the Trayvon Walker stuff, man. You got to be better and you, you got to, you know, I'm sure some frustration and some things like that, you know, had to do with that. But it's, it's inexcusable. You, you can't do that. You got to you, you can't kill your team with penalties. Like that was a, that was one of the, the terrible 
you know, defensive plays that that uh, that that led to them, you know, Houston holding onto the ball and getting further and, and just keeping it further down in, in, into Jaguars territory and get, continue to milk the clock. I mean, it's just once once the fourth quarter hits and you know, momentum. Momentum to me is is it's 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 wind. It's like wind. You can't see it. You can feel it. You can tell it's present. You know. And when the when we when we lost or excuse me when we didn't convert on fourth down and punted the ball back to Houston, I just felt like they were going to milk this clock and something big was going to happen for them to continue to keep the ball. You just think it's going to. Ha- you just know it's going to happen, and, and that's what happened. You know, the, the you, you got to be better. You got to be smart. You got to continue. He's not a heavily penalized player, so you can't beat him up too much about it or anything else like that. But bonehead play at a crucial time. I would say that would that. I mean, that's just it. Bonehead play at a, at a crucial time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of things compounding on, on each other. But uh, that's what, but that's what you, happens. Dude, that's what happens yeah. when you're when the game is not going your way. And things just continue to stack up and they can just continue to you continue to have to overcome it. Like you just keep continuing to have to overcome obstacles and eventually the time runs out. And then you get a big play from Damian Pierce where he, he runs over 16 people and you have 11 missed tackles on, 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 a, on a game. And it's like, bro, you knew this was going to happen. The defense did a really good job of keeping him in check or as good as a job as they could, keeping him in check, especially what they gave up last or uh, two weeks ago against uh, against Philly. I mean, you know, holding holding them as far as you know to the the team total to 116 yards is 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 it's great. You know, holding Damian Pierce, who is setting the league on fire right now, to not to under 100 yards. If you hold any NFL running back under 100 yards, it's great. He had a great day. You know, um, you know, keeping him there. And but what mattered is that man, he had that run. Momentum changing run, and then they fed it to him again. They knew they weren't going to tackle him. So real, real quick, we're going to we're talking about the Jags. We'll get onto the Colts game in a second, but I got to ask uh, uh, JK three. JK three is one of the biggest Gator fans you'll ever meet, and I respect him for that. Uh, he he knows his stuff. He loves his team. But just answer this question: How mad are you knowing that he was on your team for four years, and you rarely saw that? Dude, it, it, so people were people were talking about that run at, at work, and I said, "Let me show you another run." And I showed him the run against Florida State. Yeah, yeah, and the, the last game State of the where his helmet, where his helmet comes off, and he still runs it for another seven yards with no helmet on. And it's not like he's running to the outside. He, there's still defenders that that could easily make a tackle, and he's running towards them with his head down. Like it, bro. I'm the biggest Noel fan you'll ever find. You know that, okay? And my reaction when I saw that wasn't, "Dang, we're about to lose." It wasn't upset because the team wasn't playing. You know, let that happen. It was more like, "Why haven't they played him?" Bro, they didn't. They didn't, play DP. they didn't play DP at all, dude. It's so frustrating. I think. Um, I think if they play Damian Pierce more. And I know uh, 1010XL has said it and, and everything else like that. But they play Damian Pierce more. Mullen still has his job at, at Florida. Depending on if you are a Mullen fan or not, 
you know, whatever the way the chips fall with that, but with the recruiting woes and, and, and everything else like that, but good for Damian Pierce, man, because he's still got a lot of tread um, and, and Houston can still go ahead and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll still have another running back there. The AFC South is stacked with running backs, man. You've got Derrick Henry. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You have Damian Pierce now, who's who's a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, whatever we're working with here in Jacksonville, whether it be, you know, Travis Etienne or James Robinson, you know, there's some great running backs in the in the AFC South, like literally. And I think for 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 Davis Mills, and I think Houston, I mean, he's not Davis Davis Mills. He's not going to light up the stat sheet and everything else like that. But he's stacking wins, and that's all that matters. Win columns sure. is going to win you if he can be a game manager, bro. Alex Smith, a game manager, made a lot of money being a game manager. I mean, Staff, oh, not, not necessarily Stafford. I would, I think he's a little bit of a game manager. Garoppolo? Jimmy G, going to get paid. Jimmy G's going to get paid. Um, uh, what's his, Cooper Rush, going to get paid. That's going to be mean, interesting. I mean, you got guys, you got, you got guys out there that are making a living, not lighting up stat sheets, but they're stacking. The only stat that matters is the W. That's it. And then on top of that, bro, nine wins in a row for the Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> nine. And, and then like listening to and you know and, and just listening to the NFL radio, and you know, they'll have some NFL's got some podcasts, things like that. They'll insert a couple of the local radio shows. And Houston is pretty much saying, like, yo, we need a W, put Jacksonville on the schedule. You need a get right game. Put Jacksonville on the schedule. <laughs> that's, that's terrible, dude. Yeah, that's pretty. Nine cool. straight wins. <sighs> I mean, you remember last year? You remember last year when Urban Meyer and like everybody was all hyped up to go, and you, it was Trevor Lawrence's first game. You had Urban Meyer, and we were going to Houston. Knew we yeah. were going to get a W. Knew we were going to get a dub yeah. on the road. And they came out and smacked us in the mouth, bro. I and then that, like literally, you're like, "What is going on?" We were watching that game at here. Island Wings, and everybody like was completely deflated in like 15 bro, minutes. It, it, stunned, <laughs> absolutely stunned. And then they came here last year, and they they beat us here. And then again, now get beat again by the worst team in the, like statistically the worst team in the NFL. It's, nice. it's bad, man. You know the thing that sucks about it, not more than anything, but you know, also sucks is that it's back to the same ridicule that you get at like work and amongst your. Oh friends no, that's more everybody. than anything. Oh no, no, no. That's t- you that's get what I mean, though. Anything. It's bad. Yes. That is that. That's the worst. That's the worst thing. And I'm telling you, man, being a Jaguars fan is the worst. It's the hardest thing to do because you have a city where everyone is super loyal to the team. And, you know, they want to continue to support and everything else like that, but they make it so hard to support them. And they do things like this by losing to teams that they should be beating. Sure. They should absolutely be beating this team. (laughs) It was perfect weather. Um, Corey, where you sit, you sit usually where a lot of visiting fans are. Did you see a big Houston presence there on Sunday? Um, I mean, I didn't. I don't know if if you did, but I didn't. No. No, yeah, you sit you sit on the side where the visiting fans are, mm-hmm. so I, you can yeah. usually gauge how barely. ramped up or how people are going to be. There was barely any fans there. Yeah, 
even the even so, the Texans fans I saw like pregame, I was like, oh man, these guys, like, what are they doing here? They're going to be. They're probably just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that was probably the one of the weaker uh, visitor representations that I've seen in quite a while. So what's going to happen on Sunday? We go to Indy. It's a dome. Weather's not a factor. Well, really quick, before we get into Indy, let's talk really quick, just briefly, about the Baselli, uh Hall of Fame stuff at the game. Because uh, I thought the uh, the halftime show uh, was really well done, and uh, it was nice to, to see him get up there and give a speech, and I thought the crowd was, was pretty uh, receptive, although I think it was annoying how many people went down to the to use the bathroom and get drinks and all that stuff. I mean, the stadium wasn't nearly at capacity. Um, but, uh, but it was cool. And I liked the little banner drop with his, uh, hall yeah. of fame logo next to his name and everything. Like, what was your impression of that? Re- retiring the number, you mm. know? So, I mean, that's that right. Was a yeah. Big deal. Mm. Big deal. Retiring yeah. the number. You've got the legends community and I, I, and shout out to the legends community. The Jaguars, they do a really good job of keeping our, like the Jaguars that we knew, you know, um, you know, relevant and in the community. I think a lot of them live around here right now. Um, but I, I got to see, you know, Kevin Hardy, who was one of my favorite, you know, Jags growing up. Um, you know, of course, Fred Taylor, we see him, we get enough, uh, we, I think we take Fred Taylor for granted, honestly, you know, him being at the game is like, oh, there's, there's Fred Taylor, but Fred Taylor was there. I, I think they did a good job of bringing like Rasheem Mathis, a couple people back, man. And, and, you know, they did a really good job, uh, of the, the pageantry for the game. I wish they would have gave away the little seventy one pens. Mm-hmm. That would have just yeah. been something something cool to have, you know. There, yeah. but all in all, that should have that should have been a giveaway thing at the entrance. I think something like that, you know. Not Everybody had them. Them. All the workers had them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is. Yeah, you're right. That should have been like a, a a kind of giveaway thing when you came in. If if it's not the pen, it's something related to that. Because I don't think we got anything related. I to think it. they said they gave away towels, but they ran out of towels. No, I had a towel, but it, I don't think it said anything about, about Baselli or anything. Um, really? What did yeah. it uh, Just like your normal, you know, go Jaguars or something like that. I don't know. Which, by the way, did you hear them try to bring back the uh, We Are Jaguars chant? That needs to go. Yeah, I hate that, personally. I really it, it's <laughs> the worst one. Yeah, especially with how – I mean, at least it was okay when Jackson DeVille would hold the signs up. I mean, that's a little bit more, like, organic than just the announcer guy having everybody repeat it. Um, and one other thing on Vaselli though, he did totally jack up the Duval thing right before the game. <laughs> did you see it? Because the, like, PA guy was still talking and he's, like, doing it already. And it was, like, way off. So uh, not sure how that works, but uh, – Turned out no, okay. I think really, I think Sunday, yeah. as far as like the flyover, everything was was good, man. And it was and it was a perfect day. That, I think that's the thing that aggravates me the most, man. It's just like it's just a perfect day. You've got the, your first draft pick, first Hall of Fame player going into you know getting all the pageantry and all the celebratory stuff here in Jacksonville. Um, you got a team. It, it felt it honestly. If anyone that's ever played, you know, football. It felt like a homecoming game. <laughs> it honestly felt like a homecoming game, and it really felt like a team that you were supposed to beat. And you go out and lose, you know, a, a game that was that was intended for you to win. That's yeah. what it felt like. I think that's, that's a good way to look at it. And the Baselli thing got no coverage nationally. Yeah. You know, there's some hate there. Although Dion didn't publicly name him, 
that's who Deion Sanders was talking about. You know that. Oh, and Deion's going to be here this this weekend, so that'll be, uh, you know, of course, no, you know, they, he probably won't see anything, but you know, if he does run into any local media, that might be interesting. Oh, uh, for sure, just They're definitely bring Deion's, that up. Deion's Deion, but yeah, um, he got no, you know, he got no coverage really, and, and that's unfortunate. It's just, and that's why I think us as the fan base want to see them play so well because we're tired of being treated like redheaded stepchildren. You know, if we hear one more time, they're moving the team to London or you don't deserve a team or you're, you're too Jacksonville, Florida is the podunk city. You know, there's all these other things. I don't see people rushing to go live in Cincinnati. Okay. <laughs> all right. Dang, really? why are you going to call out Cincinnati? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, nobody's like, hey, let's go move to Cincinnati, you know? <laughs> you know? Hey, yeah. You know, I'm just saying. So, yeah. and there's others out there. I'm not going to name any other cities, but there's definitely others where you're like, hey, let's go move to Green Bay. I mean, I get that that's, <laughs> you know, a historic franchise. Um, still, yeah. And they're one of the first NFL teams. But, yes, people are rushing just to go move to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, my point is, Jacksonville's just tired of the redheaded stepchild treatment. And we want to see the team succeed. And we thought this was our best chance in years. And just right before our eyes, it's being squandered. Yeah. Well, like JK3 said, and he's being a good little optimist by throwing this out there, because I think I said in the beginning, it's like the season's, I don't think I said this exactly, but it's like the season's blown and it's, everything's out of control. But two and three, at least it's not, you know, we're only five games into the season, so there's plenty Look, of time, you know. Kyler Murray is a $100 million quarterback, and mm. Trevor's got the same exact stats as him. Mm. So if you follow the narrative of what the NFL does, there's a good chance that Trevor Lawrence can continue to have this type of season, and they'll still they're still going to pay him. He'll still be Ky- here. Kyler Murray's got DeAndre Hopkins coming back. He team. had DeAndre Hopkins last year, and he put up basically the same numbers. You know, you can take out the you know six seven hundred yards rushing that he has, but my my point is, I think they beat us last year too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They did yeah. Remember, we had him on the kick six. We had them. Yeah. We had them yeah. on the kick six. But again, what's the end result? Did we did we win the game or did we lose it? No, we. You know, Herbs was thinking about you know after the game. He wasn't thinking about the second <laughs> half. That's what I'm saying. Man. I was thinking about the college girls. Yeah. Uh, is he back on TV by the way now doing commentating for college football? I thought I heard that was. Coming. Yeah, he is, and he's been named as a possible front runner for the Nebraska job, which that'll be. Oh, bro, how does he still get <laughs> Hey, oh, bro, that's the worst Ponzi scheme ever. Like, a <laughs> uh, million dollar contract, probably. Um, okay, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like everything we just talked about is like the the six to seven year theme of this podcast since it's been in existence, unfortunately, but um, moving on to the Indianapolis game of which we just completely destroyed them when they came here. Now I'm curious on the other side of that and where we've gone lately, uh, maybe JK three, we can start with you. Like what's the uh, expectation we should have going into this game? Cause I'm assuming it's not going to be exactly like the first time we met. If they don't beat them on Sunday, we're in trouble. <laughs> we are in like if they if the if they don't put if they do not win, I don't care how many yards, I don't care what the offense looks like or anything 
The most important stat is a W. If we do not get a W in the stat column on Sunday in a dome, in a perfect scenario against a banged up Colts team, against a Colts team who you destroyed six weeks, what, four weeks ago? A month ago? Pretty you played recent, this team yeah. a month ago. Played yeah. this team a month ago. You don't win, if you don't beat this team on Sunday, we got some serious problems. Some serious problems. Like they they have got to win. They have got to beat them. It's not any of these. Ho, ho. Oh, they have ho. got to beat them. Ho, ho. If we don't win, we got some serious problems next week. Yes. Remember, I said last week, if we don't win Houston, we got a problem. Okay. All right. So we're in the problem now. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we, we got a problem. Okay. I'm avoiding, okay. I'm avoiding feeling like um, November, December, and October. So I'm avoiding a feeling like being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So uh, I don't, don't want to say it like that. But all I'm just saying, dude, is they got to win this game on Sunday. They have got <laughs> to win this game. They got to win this game on Sunday. They're going to be down uh, Shaq Leonard, Kill Leonard, uh, Darius Leonard. You know, he might not play. Um, he's not practicing. Um, Jonathan Taylor. He's not practicing. Naheem Hines is coming off a concussion. Um, they they might run a third team back out, you know, running back out there. Matty Ice is you know defrosted for the most part, so it should be an easy victory. <laughs> you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, "Yeah, we'll go up there and take care of business again." Man, I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of thinking that they they might uh if Trevor turns the ball over early. All right, so here's what he just just do me this one favor. Do not throw the ball to Gilmore's way. Okay? Please for the love of all, do not throw the ball to Stefan Gilmore. Russell Wilson tried shot. to do that last Thursday night, and what happened? <laughs> All right. You Which don't listen. You the, listen. That was one of the Somebody, worst Thursday night games <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Get, get, get the message out. Smoke signals to the stadium. Send a telegram, emails, text, Smokes. call. You know, put up a billboard. Trevor, do not throw the ball to Stefan Gilmore's side of the field. Stay away from him. Go another direction. All right? I don't care even if the guy is 10 yards open. Don't throw it that way. Go somewhere else. <laughs> throw it into double coverage before you throw it his way. Nice. Or else it's going to be not that good of an outcome. So that, that's all. It should be a game that they, they, they you know, in – you dwell on the past because it was just you know recently three weeks ago whatever it was, but you just don't know. You you just don't know. It could be they're like the bad news bears. Sometimes they'll come out and play great, and then sometimes they're just bad news. Hmm. It's a little weird that we're playing them so soon again. I mean, is that normal? It seems a little weird to me. Eh, it just depends on the schedule. Um. Sometimes the, the NFL. Well, what's weird is we would have played the Titans already in years past, and we haven't yet. 
Yeah, right. But we're already playing the Colts aren't again. Yeah, so maybe they, you know, NFL does everything for TV money, okay? They don't do things out of the kindness of their heart. They do things to maximize TV revenue. And the likelihood of out of the four markets between Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee, late in the season if two teams have records and vying for a playoff spot, you would probably get more viewers out of Jacksonville and Tennessee more than anybody. I think that's the biggest rivalry out of the division. And that's the and last game of the season, Jacksonville yep. and Tennessee. Jacksonville, oh, Tennessee wow. is on January 8th. Jacksonville at Houston – or excuse me, our Jackson – Jacksonville at Houston is on January 1st, and Tennessee here is on January 8th. Could you imagine the playoff atmosphere if, if, if it's Jags versus Titans to get into the playoffs? Yeah. That's why they did it. They, did, they didn't do that because of the luck of the draw. They did it because, they, okay, Herb's gone. Peterson's here. There's a decent chance that they could actually go 500. You know the Titans will be there. Let's put them later in the year. Because we can maximize on the TV revenue. That's it. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Do I dare uh, ask for score predictions, or is that like uh, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> like like uh, ruin the season by doing those lately. So ten, ten to seven, Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that reverse uh, psychology. We score a touchdown to- after he throws three picks. Yeah, there you go. I like that. What do you think, JK3? JK3 shaking his head. Reverse prediction. I just want to win, bro. Literally. I just want them to beat. Yeah. I just want them to beat a bad team. I just want them to beat a bad team. How bad is that to want them to beat a bad team? I don't want them to play down to a bad team's level. I want them to beat a bad team. That's all I want them to do is to beat a bad team. That's it. And then if they don't beat a bad team, then we're the bad team. <laughs> and then we're just might back already to be there. One, yeah, we're just back to square one. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, uh, there we go. Man, I just really expected this part of the season at this point we'd be having a little bit more uh positive conversations on here. It's so weird how this stuff works out, but it is what it is. So we will uh look forward to the game at Indianapolis on Sunday. Um, appreciate everybody for listening again. If you're on Apple podcasts, please leave a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe so you can see the new episodes. Same thing for Spotify, Google podcasts. I think they all have the same system now as far as ratings and subscription models. So, uh, be sure to follow us on those platforms if you're on there. And again, we are affiliated with the blue wire podcast network. Thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.